Hello, listeners. This is the ninth episode of How's About, and we are excited to tell you about the colorful land of India. We're going to share with you our experience at the International Christian Dance Fellowship, where we got to meet with dancers from all over the world and experience India together. Enjoy. So I just want to give you a little heads up on what you can expect from this podcast episode. It is going to be a little bit longer. It's about 45 minutes. And that's because we actually ended up with two interviews. The first is um, a gal who's going to tell us about India. And the second is one of the dancers that we met at ICDF, who's going to share her story of dance. And it's going to be a treat for you. I think you'll really enjoy it. So we'll tell our 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 adventures and our lessons and give you a life update on us. Um, but towards the end, there will be two longer interviews, which I really think you're going to enjoy. So here you go. All right. So it's a bit of a lofty statement to say we traveled India. We went to two specific parts of India and India is like the second most populated country in the world so it's huge we got a small kind of like Australia very small kind of sampling of a couple different regions and it was awesome uh, cultural immersion again just a totally different way of doing things we went to Kanyakumari India which is the very southern tip and I do mean very southern we could see three different oceans colliding at once and I'm not sure exactly how the science of it all works, but you could see kind of distinct different kind of shades of water. Uh, maybe it was in our minds, but it really did look like three different oceans all colliding at the very tip of India. Totally. Um, just felt very exciting to be at the bottom of a nation like that. Um, and the other part was all the way up north in New Delhi, where we went to uh, a- Agra as well, the town of Agra. So a couple different little spots up north, but everything in between is still a mystery to the House About crew. Right, so we couldn't necessarily say that we can give you, here's what India is like, but here's what our experience of India is like. Yeah, and there's 50-some different languages, um, many, many different cultures and ways of doing things within this singular country, so it's it's definitely hard to kind of wrap our minds around what (laughs) India is like. Honestly, sometimes we'd be like, hey, can someone teach us some phrases in Indian? And they would just look at us and kind of be like, "Mm, no, it's not worth it because everyone here speaks a different dialect, a different language, so really all we learned to say was thank you in a specific dialect. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nandi. So anyway, the first thing that comes to mind, as I said in the intro, is the colors of India. Um, I just picture walking down the streets and we would go down um, during this um, dance uh, culture study that we were doing. Um, We would go and visit the ocean from time to time and the colors of the ocean were just vibrant and turquoise and the colors of the streets were kind of... um, it was very hot and dusty and dry and so the, the streets are a very bland kind of color but what makes everything pop is... The women with their saris, just, I'm telling you, every single woman out on the streets doing whatever they were doing, whether it was going to go see the ocean themselves, traveling from all over India to see this very cool place, or if they were even sweeping the streets, the women who were sweeping the streets were wearing these saris, and saris are a really long piece of fabric that they wrap in this really intricate way, it's really cool. But I don't think I saw a single sari that was the same as another one. They're like snowflakes. They're 
in incredibly vibrant colors and most of them have some kind of like jewels or um, sparkly things anyway it's so beautiful embroidery and they're just in incredible colors turquoise magenta gold um, just every color imaginable these women are wearing these saris and going up and down the streets and um, and their hair is all done and they're just beautiful they walk through the streets like princesses and fill it with just this incredible array of splendor so I just I felt like I, I don't know I really honestly wish that I could come home and just wear saris all the time and I thought about that for a bit and then realized that I would get a lot of strange looks, but... As she did when she <laughs> tried to wear hers for the first time. True. Because yeah, it maybe wasn't put on quite right. And yeah. <laughs> she tried. She tried. I tried and I walked through the streets and everyone just was looking at me so funny. It was probably because I was, you know, a foreigner, but wearing a sari. <laughs> but anyway. It wasn't it was, just that. But yeah. It was, hey. You know, so, somebody <laughs> corrected the, the uh, wearing of said apparatus later. Yeah. Um, at a <laughs> banquet, which I'll talk about just briefly. Yeah. Um, so the food... Again, totally different. Just welcome to a, a new way of doing things, way of eating. Uh, first and foremost, you really just eat with your hands. There was not a fork, knife, or spoon in sight. Nope. Um, you got really creative eating anything from really easy stuff like bread or flatbread, like a chapati, to kind of like a soupy substance with your hand. With and, your hands? Because, How? <laughs> and making it look classy at the same time. Yeah. Yes. Um, but they absolutely did, and we absolutely did not master it. Um, nope. and we We even at a banquet ate off of a banana leaf on the table just with our hands and kind of just took some of this and some of that and kind of put it all together, and you get it done. Um <laughs> Also, lots of sugar, you know, in the in the beverages and even some of the dishes, they do love sugar. Uh, the tea, you, you really need to emphasize if you're out for a cup of tea. I mean, the first thing we did, we just walked to this little shop and got a cup of tea and very, very much just a kind of a kettle over a fire and this very happy man just fancily pouring it from one cup to another, I think to filter out the tea grounds to kind of catch them in the cup before serving. Yeah. Um, but the sugar content was excessive, and it was delicious. Um, but yeah, that was kind of par for the course. Quite a bit of sugar, uh, but the we're trying to keep yeah. a health, um, an eye on our dental health, so yeah, we had yeah, to yeah. Had ask to, had them to... for less sugar or no oh, yeah. sugar. <laughs> yeah, but no, the yeah. food was amazing, creative, and often I had absolutely no idea what was in it. Um, we had some curries, we had some different. Uh, so okay, the southern food isn't as much curries, but we had some sambas, you know, sambas and different uh, dishes, and we tried to learn all the different names. But it, it was actually a lot different than North Indian food, so it was yes. just kind of par for the course. Very different than we thought, um, but yeah. delicious nonetheless, and actually very very good for the stomach. We felt great. Yes, so, yeah. yeah, we had no, no problems, problems yeah. at all. Um, another thing that was interesting that um, I did not know was that at least in this town that we were at in Kanyakumari, there's a there's a bunch of different temples, but it seems as though every temple has an elephant. And there was a temple behind the YMCA, which is where we were staying. Um, it is fun to stay there, by the way, in case you were wondering. It really is. Yes. It's a good true. time, yeah. Yeah, but there was this temple behind there, and, and there was a resident elephant living at this temple. And um, we'd, we'd peek over the wall and watch him being fed, and he was just a really happy elephant. But he had this paint on his forehead and all over his head, just really intricate um, sacred decoration i think so yeah so every every temple supposedly has an elephant which we thought was kind of oh, cool. in this particular one we totally got to hang out with it oh, one yeah. night we were That's walking true. home with some of our new zealand friends from the conference and <laughs> um just kind of shamelessly walked in the temple and some people were taking care of it and we're like can we hang out with the elephant can we touch the elephant and they're nose? like 
fine. Like, and yeah. so they like let us hang out with it. They were very proud of their yeah, elephant. Oh, so proud. And they <laughs> yeah. put, put its trunk on our hand. And oh, the trunk is a lot yeah. rougher than I thought. I thought it'd be this yeah. soft thing. It's like a rock. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. It made me think of a tire. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but it's a happy elephant. Yeah, it was um, fun the elephant out with. has a name, and his name is Morgan Prasad. Morgan Prasad. Yep, that was Super. that elephant's name. Yep. <laughs> First elephant we hung out with, yeah. old Morgan. Totally. Um. Oh man, another thing to note about India, as I said, it's the second most populated. It really is quite populated, and uh, well, hey, we were kind of celebrities because down south people. Didn't see quite as many um, foreigners. foreigners, and especially yeah. maybe Caucasians. And so I think they thought we were Australians a lot of the time. Oh, they <laughs> thought Justin was this guy. Um, he's a famous Australian cricket player cricket yeah. player named Ben Stokes, who has a I red, look a bit like I'm more beard. handsome, but you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was certainly much more. But anyway, definitely a handful of people thought I was Ben Stokes, which, you know, was fun. Um, <laughs> selfies. But anyway, we were probably in Got a lot of selfies. over 100 selfies. Some against, against our will. They're oh, like, yes. selfie now. We're like, okay, fine. <laughs> you know, so... That was weird, but all that to say, the crowds everywhere we went, um, we definitely got stared at quite a bit. Um, but as far as navigating the crowds, you really got to own your space. A great example of this would be on a train. Um, we paid 25 rupees a piece for a two or three hour train For the record, is about ride. 50 cents? Yeah, or less, cents? or less. Yeah, yeah. it's d- for two, three hours of train. Um, open air, bench seats, uh, really fun experience. Yeah. But uh, it got more crowded, and we'd stop somewhere, and then more people would fill in, and then we'd stop somewhere, and we started to feel bad that we were sitting down, and the halls were just filled. People standing. Oh my gosh! And so on top of each other. We had to get off at our stop, and the train really only stops for about one minute, ish, and we had to get off of this, you know, train. Otherwise, we were going to be an hour further or something, and so we're all ready. We've got our bags. We're ready to get off, and kid you not, as we were trying to stand up from our seats. There is a queue of people trying to sit in the very seat we're standing up from, and they won't wait for us to move out of the way. All that to say, without some healthy, hearty pushing and shoving and a lot of move, 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 we would not have gotten off of that train. And it, I mean, it was it was touch and go. And, so, and people yeah. were clamoring to get on as we were getting off. Like, oh, yeah. It was just this... Oh, it was it was very but stressful. I, you know, they weren't stressed. We were stressed. No, we you know? were stressed. And, they you know, were like, "This is yeah, just how it is." This is life, you know. I don't we, mind an elbow to the gut. We, we left our it's personal fine. space somewhere in New Zealand, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no but, kidding. Yeah, no space bubble whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> just lots of yeah. uh, lots of obligatory hugs. Yeah. Yeah, but no, just yeah. in general, we've got the the heat and the spices and the colors and yeah just everything made made our india experience super cool oh before we share the adventure of of uh, of india we do want to let you guys in on a little life update for us so um it's interesting right now um, cuz we're considering when we're going to be returning to you all it's it's so weird to even think about we've been gone for so long five months i believe five and a half at this point um but yeah we're just we're just kind of um weighing some options um some of you may have heard those of you who are from spokane or know that um spokane school district just had a really really big um decrease in staffing and so I think 35% is what I heard of the current teaching staff was laid off which was a huge huge um, 
uh, tragedy in our city and just a really, really difficult thing. So all that to say, the job that I thought I was going to have upon returning to Spokane is no longer there for me. So um, a couple of doors seem to be closing in Spokane. That doesn't necessarily mean that we have made any sort of decision at this point it's just curious and so we're trying to weigh the options and figure out what we're going to be doing when we're coming back and to to what jobs and all such things yes so you can be praying for us because we are just having a lot of conversations and prayer about um what what is next for us so we truly are in a place of we do not know so there's our update sorry to leave you hanging on that but um yeah so there you go One of the things I was looking forward to most on our world trip here was something that we planned as early as October, which was to come to the ICDF, International Christian Dance Fellowship, Dance and Culture Study Tour, um, which was in Kanyukumari. So this is just a really cool organization that has um, branches all over the world, and their dancers all come together every three years um, in a different country. And so this year was in India, and so we came, and I was just really excited to share more of my world of dance with Justin, and um, signed us up, and we took a bunch of classes all week in various styles, African, hip-hop, Ballet, um, Israeli dancing. Gosh, what else did we do? I don't know if you caught that with Justin. With uh, Justin yeah. as a full participant. Like he was a full participant in this dance conference. Yes. Um, yeah, we took ballroom classes, uh, contemporary. Can we just give Justin some credit here? Please? We're going to give Justin some massive credit. Okay. He threw himself, maybe even literally, to the wolves. To the wolves. No, 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 no. The dance wolves. Into, <laughs> into this world of, of dancers and taking dance classes and just it was so fun to see him just attack it and honestly I would say his um his his the growth of his skills in both hip-hop and African just really give me a lot of like wow I didn't realize that you were so good at that quality of movement and I'm just excited to do more of it in the future (laughs) how do you feel about that you know I I think we had some good teachers and actually felt pretty confident sometimes which is wild but Totally. Yeah, dancing in a group is fun because you can hide in the back. That's totally. Nice. Yeah. Most of the time it's just me trying to teach him stuff at home and it can be frustrating. And But it's fun. I mean, honestly, we have a lot of fun just dancing at like weddings and stuff. But actually taking a class and learning the steps is really hard. And you have to memorize choreography really quickly and um, get your body to coordinate and do different things that it's probably never done before. So I was incredibly proud of him and just really moved by um, his passion and participation in that and um yeah so that was probably actually my highlight of the whole thing was just getting to share that with Justin and see him do that um but it was also really cool to talk with and network with just dancers from all over the world so that was a really really cool thing that we got to do and you're going to hear from actually two of them um with our interview section but something that happened um or at least someone that we met that had a huge impact on us was this guy named Andy Rain. Do you want to share about Andy? I mean, how does one share about Andy Rain? Before um. you say yeah, no that's true. This person is the most bizarre looking human I may have ever met. I had no idea what to think of this guy. I mean, by bizarre looking we mean just He's literally like a character from Braveheart. He's from the Scotlandish area. Yes. Um, yes. This glorious accent and long hair, and he's like straight out of a Shakespeare play he's meets Braveheart. It, uh, crazy. A handsome gentleman, not bizarre, but very, <laughs> larger than life. Yes. Just 
just one of those people where you're like, what are you about? I really, I think I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> and ma- we found out. Magnetic eccentricities yes. of one of those guys are like, oh, I don't know, what are you about? And then before you know it, you're hanging out till midnight chatting and sharing your heart, which is totally what happened. Me and Like him, three nights in a row. Oh, we totally bonded and just like. He gets me, I get him. Very, very crazy how you just connect with another human from such a different life and country and even generation. But uh, He's also an author. Yeah, he's an author. He wrote yeah. a book on something very similar to the Enneagram. Uh, Motivational gifts. Yeah, yeah, really, really fascinating guy. Um, so if you're listening, Andy, props. See you soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, maybe, yeah, you better just go visit him. We very well might. Um, but no, I think kind of timely in our journey as you know we're just always trying to figure out different pieces of who we are individually and as a couple and um this this guy just so insightful was able to speak into our lives uh, according to even some of our personality types and um we we sat up late one night uh and he shared with lauren and i about just some different helpful bits about how our personality types might clash or interact mm-hmm. and things to look out for and Honestly, it brought some good stuff to the surf- surface, really, and it was really, really this very impromptu kind of counseling session. Um, and uh, yeah, so I don't know what else to say, but sometimes God will bring literally a character into a story that is straight out of a story, mm-hmm. and uh, you just kind of get this feeling like, man, the fairy tale continues because here is the sage slash ogre slash prince you know who who knows who this guy is but he's he's yeah. awesome and he's uh just one of those one of those characters that is kind of timeless and yeah. so we're excited to hang out with him some other time yeah. and um also quite the dancer he was in our hip-hop yeah. uh, routine and he brought it for sure <laughs> pretty incredible all six foot whatever of it and brought it <laughs> yep yeah it was really amazing so it's it's kind of hard i'm thinking like how else do i share about what happened at the icdf week and it's, so many people it's almost like trying to share about a camp experience you know you you just had to be there but just know that like all those pieces here's how i would describe oh. it if if harry potter and the <laughs> quidditch world cup and all of the greats that would show up to <laughs> put up tents and hang out together all of those kind-hearted jolly people with their various talents and cultures showing up together under one roof for one purpose it felt precisely like that what he means to say is that (laughs) dancers who love jesus and gather together they are very unique artistic souls in all their different ways and bringing them together is is um amusing and delightful and just quite a different experience Yes, just, all of them displaying their own ways of being so and doing wonderful. and expressing and yeah. all of it is, yeah, yeah lots of energy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we had this one um, teacher from South Africa, Ivy, who taught our hip hop class, and she had all these sayings that I just, oh, I just adored. She'd be like, "Chop chop," which I guess means like sharp, sharp, chop chop. Yeah, it yeah. means like good, or and she would call us puppy. Yeah, she gave us all nicknames. Like, I was yes. Justina. Justina. <laughs> anyway. And Andy was Andalina. Andalina. Oh, my gosh. It was awesome. So, without further ado, we're going to let you hear from um, a few of our ICDF buddies. So, we are here in the conference hall at the YMCA. I am talking with Renell, who is one of my teachers this week at this incredible conference that we got to be part of. Or, I should say, non conference. It was a culture tour. But, um, Renell, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I just wanted to ask you what do you love about India and living in India? Well, there are so many things to love about India, and it's hard to choose just one. 
बट आई वुड से आई एम अ फूडी सो वन थिंग आई लव अ लॉट अबाउट इंडिया इज द फूड and the diversity in the food yes. i hope you got to try like oh, a lot of so different much. things yes so many different kinds of breads exactly. and curries exactly and, oh. and you've just eaten one you know portion of you know the diversity really diverse nation and from the north to the south from the east to the west mm-hmm. uh, there are multiple cuisines yeah and uh, each one is distinct and different mm-hmm. you know so when i was here in kanyakumari i was like totally like you know just relishing all the the south indian food that yeah. you get the sambar the the mm. appams all of those things yes. uh, which is very different from north india if yeah. you've been to north india you'll get like the butter chicken and the kebabs and the tandoori right. chicken which is like really good i'm salivating right now oh. even while i'm saying <laughs> you miss it yeah. <laughs> yeah and from where i come from which is calcutta you get bengali food which is like a mm. lot of fish made in like mustard and it's just delicious That's like great. Uh, yeah so i would i would totally say The thing I love most about India is the food. Is the food? Oh my gosh! Yes, and I would add to that. Everything we've eaten here has just been so tasty and delicious. And, and I think we'll have to keep traveling India and try more of it. Yes. Yeah. And then, what would you say is something that is challenging to you, or something that you find um, in India, living in India? What is what is something that is difficult? Yeah. So I've lived in the city of Mumbai, which is uh, which was earlier called Bombay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an amazing city. It's the kind of city that I always felt um, suited my personality, and it kind of the vibrancy of the city is that I love, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's really really crowded. So there are certain yeah. parts of. Uh, country which is supremely crowded so getting on to a local train at peak hour to go to work is like you're packed in a train like sardines and you know you're pushed in and you're pushed out and those are things i'm absolutely not proud of uh, yeah. getting stuck in you know 2 hours of traffic on your way to work oh, is not man. the best thing to uh, uh, experience uh, sounds like southern california yeah <laughs> yeah uh, so um, i think that would be something that is a real challenge Certainly. since we have so many people um and in some places like bombay uh, there are a lot of immigrants who come from other cities mm. so the city is not able to it doesn't have the capacity to accommodate everybody oh my gosh so it's like yeah. literally pouring over with people Ooh. and that makes it a big challenge that sounds like it okay and finally um what is something that you are most proud of what do you feel grateful for for living in india yeah so I think I would say the thing that I'm most proud of uh, is what God is doing in our country. Mm, uh, we're seeing revival and God's mm. transformative power, like at work in a tangible way in so many parts uh, of our nation. And um, I think it's just we're living in exciting times. Like I know that we were born for such a time as this, and we're so blessed to be born at this time to be seeing the harvest of many just coming in. uh it's exciting to see a lot of young people coming to christ because uh you know we know of a lot of young kids who like church is not the coolest place to go to <laughs> and they'd rather hang out somewhere else on a sunday you know but it's so exciting to see that so many young kids who are so talented and so gifted and you know so excited about jesus are doing amazing things creatively across our nation you know and what god is really doing is uh, through the arts is reviving the people and bringing many many young people into the church the church is becoming a relevant place to be it's becoming a cool place to be like jesus is is a cool person to know Amen. you know he does yes, radical things and uh, oh. he, yeah and so i think <sighs> 
I'm so most 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 uh, proud of being born in this country even though I'm so different <laughs> uh, you know the whole the whole time on the study tour like every time somebody asked me where are you from and I said I'm from India they said are you sure I was like <laughs> heck yes <laughs> of course I'm sure you yes. know but for, the, for our listeners Renell is fair of skin <laughs> yes and yes. often mistaken for yes. a foreigner right. uh, but I think uh, God knows what he's up to and is there's no coincidence that I was you know raised up in this land yes, uh, so just excited to be here mm-hmm. and to see all that god's about to do it's amazing and and thank you so much for bringing up the arts and what you're seeing in in the church and kids mm-hmm. changing and growing and you have a front row seat in that and we want to wrap this up but just really quickly tell us about what you do with with yes. movement therapy yeah yeah so uh, i'm a dance movement therapist uh, i'll share my story in a nutshell mm-hmm. i used to work for a television news uh, company um and i used to be involved with the entertainment news and i used to host a show on tv uh she's a celebrity yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry uh, no problem uh and, and in 2011 i felt god called me out of that line of work and i wasn't sure into what he was calling me i only knew that there was something in my spirit that said dance mm-hmm. and um when i took a 3 month sabbatical waited on the lord and somebody told me about this thing called dance therapy i had no clue what that was while i was still in the media and out of curiosity i kind of explored it when i explored it i realized that god used that as a tool uh, to really minister to me and really deal with a lot of my pain and trauma you know wow. and uh, he used that to set me into freedom and i feel that's what his call on my life is to release others into freedom whether it is from trauma or pain uh, or really to release uh, the church into the freedom of worship mm-hmm. and expressing themselves as their most authentic self even if that looks like a mess you know yeah, but absolutely. that's okay you know god is not uh, uh, he's not offended by that you know he would rather see you in spirit and in truth you know even if you look like a hot mess you know uh, <laughs> but yes um, that's pretty much my journey that's what i am i'm involved in and i'm also involved in a small project called alive which is um, an art therapy project for prisoners in india wow. we uh, do uh, we give them sheets of paper to color and color pencils and there are about 200 women prisoners and about 100 male prisoners in an under trial prison who color every day we're able to give them a little bit of money for each sheet colored and with that they can buy their soap toiletries sanitary towels things like that and of course when they get released they have a little money to get them started again and uh, yes so basically that's also what i'm involved in uh, and excited to be involved in uh, and if i could request i don't know what your listenership is but uh, if anyone has a heart for india to really pray uh, for revival to come to this land uh, one of the pictures that i saw while i was at this uh, co- uh, study was that um, this picture of people coming from many nations with seeds mm-hmm. with seeds of revival they've experienced revival in different places like whether it's andy or you know other people who were telling me in south africa this is happening in mm-hmm. uh, you know in, in in the states this is happening you know yeah. and they were coming with seeds of revival and just like you know throwing it in india you know wow. and uh, really i just felt like the prayers you know would really uh, start the revival you know Absolutely. so uh, do pray for us uh, that really you know every other thing that is lifted high in this place would be brought down and that every knee will bow every tongue will confess mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ is lord and that this nation will be saved 
amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you heard it. You got to pray. So I'll, I'll be sending out reminders to you all um, just again about that. And, um, and do you have a website or something I could put in a link in our description of this? Uh, so I'm on Facebook okay. and I have an Instagram page. Okay. So Great. I keep updating okay. stuff Fantastic. on that. Well, Renelle, you are an incredibly gifted um, counselor, teacher, and just, I, I saw so much breakthrough and experienced some of my own in the three hours that we had during that class, and it was just very clear to me that the Holy Spirit is using you very powerfully through your movement and through creating space for people to just experience the truth of, of where they're at and feel their emotions. So thank you for listening and obeying and enjoying who God has made you to be. Thank so you so much. It's been much. such a treat to have you speak. So thank you so thank much. You very much. God and yes. yes. yes thank you for having me. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you again, Renell, so much for telling us about India and what you're doing with dance movement therapy. Um, as promised, I've included her Instagram in the description of this episode, as well as I asked her for a link to a website or a way that people could donate financially if they were interested. Renell is a freelancer, so she is not connected with any organization that supports her financially. So if you would like to do that, even just a little bit goes a long way. And um, she's just doing so much incredible work with women and men coming out of really terrible situations, causing a lot of breakthrough and joy and healing. So if you would like to partner with her in that in any way, big or small, I'm sure she would appreciate it. So it's her personal PayPal account. Um, like I said, she's a freelancer, so that's really the only way to do it. Um, but go ahead and check that out if you're interested. Next, you're going to hear from a friend of mine that I met also at ICDF who just became a dear sister. Um, and uh, we just really enjoyed each other's company and danced together in a couple classes. And her name is Brandy, and we shared a lot of great meals together and chats, and I asked her if she would tell her story of dance. And so this is a little bit of a different pace. It's not an interview. She's just telling her story, and it's really beautiful, and she tells a great story. So um, enjoy. I remember seeing a billboard at five years old as my mom was driving me through town that featured some ballerinas and was promoting a regional ballet company and at the time I didn't looking back I didn't quite understand how this dream dropped in my heart uh, I wasn't really exposed to dance or the performing arts uh, my parents didn't take me to shows and it wasn't really something that I was connected with at the time um, but I just remember seeing these ballerinas and and seeing these dancers um, in, a, in a hope and a joy just kind of leapt in my my spirit my heart and I said at five years old I don't know what that is but I want to be that I want to pursue that in my life uh, I want to be a dancer I want to be professional as much as I could explain that at five years old so as a child I only wanted to my parents uh, enrolled me in dance and I only wanted to engage in classical ballet training I didn't want to study any other forms of dance, but there was something about the discipline and the artistry behind classical ballet that I absolutely just loved and, and latched onto as a child. But at 12 years old, I dropped out uh, after studying for about six years, and I didn't quite have the self-confidence at the time uh, or a healthy support system in terms of the schools that I were, was attending uh, to handle the competition and to handle the pressure. And so through my teens, I developed this unhealthy idea that I eventually developed this unhealthy idea that I, I wasn't supposed to 
pursue dance or pursue uh, my dreams. It was this weird idea that I had latched onto that it was something that I needed to lay down for God. Um, not that I, I didn't believe that I was to submit my gifts to God. I did believe that and I still do absolutely believe that with all my heart. But I, I felt like it was something that I, it, it was this weird uh, like sense of obligation that I had to kill this gift for God, in a sense. Um, and in my mind, that meant to let whatever dream or whatever desire I had, in, in this case, dance and performing arts, to die. So fast forward at 20, 20 years old, at this point, I had been out of dance for probably about eight years. And uh, I was, at the time, inquiring about courses at a community college. And so I noticed this poster that was in the advisor's hall and I, I latched onto this poster and it was a picture of these point shoes and uh, a dancer in point shoes. But, but I focused in on the point shoes and it was a message about reaching dreams within the poster. And so at that moment, I had realized that something in me had actually died in terms of this, this gift and this dream that was deposited in my heart and that it was God. It was the Lord kind of calling me to resurrect that and tap back into that dream again. And so at that point, I started taking ballet classes again and was placed in, a, in an advanced class, uh, about now 21 years old, with these company dancers. And for me, it was almost just kind of humiliating and very humbling. Uh, for me, it was like starting back in the beginning, all of this ballet technique that I had growing up, it's like I had lost and here were these dancers who were advanced and beautiful movers and just excellent, gorgeous technique. And I was right in the middle of them. And uh, I was always off rhythm and off beat and, and couldn't put two words together. Uh, but at the time, my instructor, thank God, she was a believer. And she was a believer, a follower of Jesus. And I could just sense the peace of God on her as she taught and as she was willing to kind of mold me and craft me and invest, uh, craft my technique and invest in me at that time. And looking back, I'm so grateful because it was really because of her just peaceful spirit that I ended up continuing to dance and gaining back my ballet technique uh, and then eventually pursuing other forms of studio dance and eventually social part partner dancing. Uh, this led me up to about uh, my early 20s. I ended up performing in a local modern and contemporary dance company for about six years. After about six years, uh, six, seven years, when I finished dancing with the company and that season kind of passed, kind of my post-performance years, I guess, I really struggled with identity as a dancer. And my identity in my movement had for so much of my dance experience have been strongly tied to ideas of discipline and perfection and performance. And I believe that so many creatives are pushed to pursue this in a sense. Uh, but eventually things began to kind of shift in my heart in terms of dance. Uh, I, in my younger 20s, uh, kind of backing up to the pre-performance years, I'd gotten into social dancing quite a bit. And during the season, like just years of social dancing, getting into swing and West Coast swing, Lindy Hop, uh, swing dance has always been one of my favorite forms of social dance. The Lord began to speak to my heart about what dancing in a relationship looked like with him uh, and began to use the metaphors of following and leading and uh, the small movements that 
once followed can turn into these big, beautiful kind of expressions. In 2014, uh, my dance experience and connection to dance shifted dramatically. Years before, God had put a dream and a desire in my heart to live and work in India. And so around that time, I was invited to collaborate in a four-month experience teaching hoop dance to kids. And two of those months would involve uh, developing a storytelling dance program with girls and women rescued from vulnerable situations. At the time, the only thing that I knew about hula hoops and hoop dancing were the few, trips I, the few tricks I had learned as a kid. And now I was being called to teach uh, hoop dancing. So at the time, I met Carissa Caracato Williams, who now Williams, who is the founder for Hula for Happiness. She invited me to join her, and together we developed a framework for storytelling through dance using the five-color wordless gospel. And so Hula uses five different colors to share the gospel. Yellow represents innocence and creation and new beginning. Uh, black represents darkness and pain. Red is the color of love and rescue, often associated uh, with Jesus, the rescue of Jesus and love. White represents freedom, freedom and new life on uh, God, and green represents discipleship and growth. And so at the time, we used these colors, and uh, we took them to these girls and, and to coop dancing and the concepts of dancing, and we said, tell a story. We challenged them to tell a story and invited them to come into the space to uh, engage in storytelling kind of as a redemptive practice for them. We saw several girls step forward during this program and share their own personal stories of rescue and dreams for the future. And they did this out of their their kind of own, own compelling and own leading. For me, watching these young women uh, tell their stories was so personal, so personable and so transformative uh, as they they didn't know the ins and outs of the technique of dance and performance, um, but they knew their stories and they were willing to kind of dive deep into an authentic place and and enter uh, using dance as a, as a place of joy, as a place to share their dreams, share their hopes, share their fears. And so joining the Hula for Happiness mission at the time changed my heart and now looked on movement and dance's movement. And movement became more about engaging freedom and spreading joy. And as I invested in others at the time, I gave myself freedom to be imperfect and to be authentic in my own voice. Uh, and so somehow through that time, I was able to tap into a new voice for myself. So over the years, I've continued to join Hula for Happiness with dance projects uh, in the U.S. and Brazil, um, as well as engage in hoop dance, bringing joy and freedom here locally. So God has always seemed to use the theme of dance in my life, and whether I've continued to perform or dance socially or intentionally engage dance and movement for ministry, um, he's used dance as a picture to kind of show me that, that he's the choreographer. And sometimes I feel like we get caught up, or at least for me, I get caught up in kind of chaos of this life is, what does life look like? What is it supposed to look like? Um, how has God designed me to live this life? What is the freedom that he's given me? If What choices am I supposed to make? And kind of on and on and on, uh, these questions that we ask. And he uses it to remind me that he is the choreographer. And if I follow his lead, 
I love this verse in Proverbs, uh, and I, I don't know the exact reference off the top of my, my mind, but man makes his plans and God orders his steps. And in a dance that he's choreographing, choreographing, uh, he's ordering our steps, and I know that he's ordering my steps. And when life looks or feels like chaotic, he reminds me um, that he's painting a beautiful picture of his life, not only for me to see and experience, but for others to see. And so my most important position or um, placement is in him, and I only need to trust and to rest in his lead. I thank God for the blessing to be able to dance and to move. Um, there was a point where I felt like dance was all about performance and discipline, and those things are beautiful, and uh, they're, they're great to engage in, um, and they're so valuable. But even more than that, it's it's a gift of expression, a gift of movement, uh, and I've come to the realization I'm not the best, and I don't need to be the best, and that's okay. And uh, I think that those things that we do in our life, we should constantly uh, pursue skill and knowledge, and to become better uh, and more uh, more skilled in our craft. But at the same time, not lose that joy, not lose that freedom. And so my hope for the future is to be able to use dance to continue to bring freedom to others um, in a space of healing uh, and a space of expression to not only allow them to receive the love and the freedom of God, but to also reveal God to others in this life. Um, Because revealing that love is really what this life is about. Thank you again, Brandy, for that story. Um, Just so encouraging to hear how God has used you and used dance in your life, and it's just really beautiful. And maybe someday we will reconnect and collaborate on some dance project. Who knows? I look forward to that. So thank you. So a few lessons we learned. Um, India, out of all the places we visited so far, Definitely, we we came face to face with poverty in a very real level. Yeah, um, it was kind of hard to miss everywhere you go. You know, just kind of mm. seeing how kind of day to day life can look like for some people, and you know, people that were begging uh, that had very apparent you know need and distinct you know disabilities and different things that mm. is shocking. You know, it's hard to kind of go about your day uh, while other people are not having a good time getting through their day, you know, yeah. to say the very least. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. so I think internally, you know, a lot of lessons learned. I think a lot of being challenged with privilege, challenged with uh, coming from just such a different world. Um, so that's one lesson. It's kind of hard to talk about what we've learned from it, but I think just our eyes are a bit more open, I think, than ever yeah. about how the world actually is, you know. And mm-hmm. so there's there's some heaviness there that still sticks with us sometimes. And, yeah. Um, a lot of people and a lot of need and sometimes their needs are just not getting filled and that's that's hard to see um so learned how to trust and pray and you know just to try to keep that big picture in mind i yeah. suppose you know and mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard when you zoom all the way in like that to mm-hmm. to see clearly what's what's going on in the world so yeah. um and we had you know mixed <laughs> mixed thoughts and opinions about what it would mean to give to someone who is begging. And we were told by many people that, it's, you know, it's it's encouraging them to stay on the streets where they could be getting, you know, help in other places. Um, but I think what we were encouraged was just to 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 give them respect and to look them in the eye and, 
and see them as our fellow humans and and say hello and be kind and and you know and yeah. that's and maybe just leave it at that and that's very that's hard to know what do. to do you know we asked yeah. locals and locals didn't have a very good answer either no. you know yeah. i think mm-hmm. um so that was the everywhere we went that was actually something we faced i mean especially being foreigners i think we were often singled out you know for people that were looking for looking for some money or looking for something so mm-hmm. that was something we kind of had to face every day um yeah. and that <clears throat> It didn't ruin the experience for us, but it definitely added a different element than we maybe realized was going to happen. Um, other lessons, I mean, lighter. Uh, we got really good at washing clothes every day. Yep. I think we mentioned that in a previous episode, but well, we, we were at yeah. this at this um, study tour, dance study tour, dancing all day long, literally going to go change and wash our clothes sometimes two or three times a day. We would shower, we'd change our clothes, and we would have a constant bucket of laundry going. Did we mention it was hot? It was hot. Oh, yeah, it was really hot. It was really hot. It was different because it was humid and you're dancing, so you're kind of one with the heat and the sweat, and it's just how it is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fun story about heat and cooling off. We went to this waterfall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One one day we did this fun tour, went to a palace and a Mm -hmm. waterfall and all over with a lot of the people from the crew. Uh, It was kind Mm -hmm. of a celebratory little trip. And we didn't know what to expect. We got there, and I'm not talking hundreds, but maybe a thousand people. Oh, more. I'd say thousands. Thousands, like, it, plural. This place was packed. Yeah. And, and a, not a huge waterfall, kind of broken up into a guy's section and a girl's section. And it was a waterfall <laughs> made of humans. Because every human that could pack under a stream of water from this waterfall was packed in every corner and oh, rock, yeah. catching some cooling water and washing mm, off and wonderful. rinsing off. And, you know. When in India. <laughs> when in India, you just you just work your way in there. And they, they would, you know, if you would go up to the waterfall, they'd like pull you in and welcome you and splash you. It was, it was like it was a fun. massive group shower yeah. and it was so much fun. That was awesome. But uh, yeah. it was hot and people loved to be at the waterfall. Certainly. Um, yeah. Uh, final lesson learned. I have just been wanting to give a shout out to double-sided tape. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe one of my favorite things that I packed. And here's why <laughs> Justin loves this. I like to scrapbook. Not like actual like pretty scrapbook, but like scraps in a book. So <laughs> ticket stubs, little pictures, memories, whatever it is. And I've always had trouble with this in the past because you're like, oh, glue, tape. But then you have to roll it and then it pops up and it takes all the space. Um, it's no good. So I thought finally, right before we left for the trip in December, I was going to get some double-sided tape and I've had this roll of double-sided tape with me and it's my favorite thing because you just rip it off, put it on the paper that that you're trying to put your little ticket stub on and it's just, guys, it's, it's a perfect little travel companion. So you need that with you in the future. On a less practical note, I'll shout out to my Chacos, which, uh, have maybe been a little more useful than tape, but you yeah, know. but also kind of disappointing. <laughs> oh yeah, I blew you've out, had to glue them like I blew seven out times. one pair, bought some in Vietnam. Yeah, and they, I, I reject your Choco glued. shout out. <laughs> but you know what? They're working for me, and uh, I've done right. every bit of hiking we've done so far, Chacos, and mm-hmm. you know, you've done every bit of walking in the last ten years of your life. Maybe well, even that's true. Years of okay, Chacos. All right, whatever. I just had to, I, I had to respect something practical, actually. But yeah. <laughs> 
conclusion, our time in India was marked by so many different friendships and connections with people from India and from all over the world. And that's just really special and will always have a place in our hearts. In particular, some of the kids of the host of the ICDF Culture and Dance Study Tour uh, became really good friends with us and um, are on Instagram with us now. And it's it's really great. So, so hilarious, these yeah, kids. This, awesome. this kid, Fertland. Yeah, <laughs> I thought his name was Franklin, but it's Fertland. Fertland, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so awesome. Just so full of energy. He was in our hip-hop routine, and part of it was throwing him in the air. It was so much fun. Totally. Yeah. yeah, he's always posting crazy videos on Facebook, yeah. apparently. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But our very final leg of the journey was a 20-hour layover in Delhi. And when I saw that that was what our flight was, I said, my goodness, we have to go see the Taj Mahal. Yeah, the Taj Mahal. I had no idea I'd get there. Um, and I was excited, but man, once we got there, I realized this thing is amazing. But it was a four hour drive away from the airport. So that was kind of a long day, but it was absolutely worth it to go see this wonder of the world and enjoy the, um, the iconic romantic architectural feet. Yes. Yeah. And so we had a really nice afternoon there. Our tour guide was a great photographer and took a bunch of pictures for us. And it was really lovely. And it was just a fantastic way to end our time in India. We just... We love this country and we and we do hope that we get to come back sometime.